And we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports, Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you could like, share, subscribe. Subscribe today to all the great stuff that we're doing here at the Lakers fast break. I do also want to mention that the pop culture cosmos will be dropping a little bit later. It'll be actually dropping Monday night for most people out there because we're recording a special state of pro wrestling tomorrow. With John Orlando from the PVD cast where we'll be talking WWE Royal Rumble, the controversy with Vince McMahon and the road to WrestleMania 40 beginning. So go ahead and check that out tomorrow when we record it live on the pop culture cosmos. Also as well, tomorrow night, Get your nightcap ready because it is Lakers nightcap with Joe Soro, 11 p.m. after the game. Our full wall-to-wall coverage of the Lakers at Houston. Of course, the pregame, during the game with playback, the postgame, and of course, the nightcap with Joe Soro. Our good friends, the Lakerholics, our good friend, John Costa at Lakers Corner, good friends, Empire Jeff TV. Lakers in five, the John McCallion channel and Daniel Berry sports highlights support all those great channels. And again, please like, and subscribe to get the latest notifications on when we go live with the latest Lakers fast break podcast and the Lakers after a great road victory, starting the Grammy trip with a very exciting double overtime win over the golden state warriors head into Houston tomorrow. But, Should the starting lineup change once again, but to something all too familiar for Lakers fans that they experienced last year as the Lakers closed out on an 18-8 run to get into the playoffs, they utilized a starting lineup of Austin, D'Lo, Jared Vanderbilt, AD and LeBron. Is it time after a very dismal performance again from Torian Prince, Mr. Not 40%, not quite 40%. Is it time for him to step aside in the starting lineup and have Jared Vanderbilt, a resurgent Jared Vanderbilt, a guy who Rodell had every bit of faith in, who's absolutely starting to play well because he's absolutely starting to do the things that he needs to do as far as going underneath rebounding, cutting to the basket, not shooting threes, the things that we're supposed to be having him do, plus playing, for the most part, unless he's trying to fight through screens, some solid one-on-one defense. Is it time for him to be put in the starting lineup? We'll discuss that today. Plus, hey, the Super Bowl is set. We'll maybe even talk some football as well. But here today, the guys dropped in. I was waiting for them, and they, as soon as I went on the air, it's like, ESP, hit the button. And there they came in. Good men indeed. First up, first man here by a hair. It is the madman from Toronto. He did get out of Toronto traffic to stop on by. Thank you, Kubro, to go ahead and talk to us here today. It is the magic man, Sean Grice. And Sean, great to have you here, my friend. On this championship Sunday for the NFL, the Lakers are in the midst of the Grammy trip. Is it time with the resurgent Jared Vanderbilt getting over 40 minutes of playing time in the Golden State game? Is it time to go ahead and make the change necessary in the starting lineup to finally move 
Torian Prince out of the starting lineup, hopefully once and for all. Uh, it should be, but uh, uh, Captain Ding Dong won't do it. Um, he's just adamant about his refusal to even uh, go back to that uh, Western Conference starting lineup drilled. And um, shame on him. Uh, this is why he's a Ding Dong, and he shouldn't be a head coach in the NBA. Um, in the past two games combined, okay, in less than five minutes that they played together, uh, they've gone on a 24 to four run. They've been a plus 10 and a plus 21. That's a plus 31 outscoring your opponents 24 to four and captain dingling still won't make the change. Um, because he refuses to accept reality, Gerald. That that's what this is. That's what this is. Um, he's living in a delusion where you know this three guard lineup is somehow opportunistic enough to create more possessions, and therefore more possessions creates more opportunities to score. That being said, the Lakers give up the most wide open threes in the NBA, Gerald. They give up the most threes in the NBA that are made. Only the Chicago Bulls and the Lakers are the two worst teams in that category. Mm -hmm. um, on top of that, he still is adamant that, yep, I'm going to play that three-guard lineup. I'm going to turn that fork into a spoon. I don't care what anybody says. Torian Prince is a guard. Torian Prince is not a guard. He is a wing at this point and a very average wing at best. Uh, and he's just, he, it's just a, an obstinate, adamant refusal to accept reality. Uh, you need to go back to that Western Conference starting five. They're, they have proven themselves again. Uh, and Vanderbilt is healthy for the first time. And like, he wasn't healthy last, last year during the Western Conference finals. We know that. So, uh, likely healthy for the first time in about six to eight months. He's playing like it. He should be in the starting lineup. He played his best offensive game, as far as I'm concerned, last night. Uh, diving, uh, slashing to the hoop, finishing strongly drilled. He was actually finishing with authority instead of just uh, you know, tiptoeing through the tulips and thinking he could, he could just make these putbacks when Gerald is correct. He should just dunk the damn ball with authority. He should stop trying to finesse his way around the basket. That's not his game, as Gerald has pointed out. Um, and he did that, and it was effective. Uh, aside from that, Gerald, uh, that screen that DeAndre, uh, Draymond Green set on Jared Vanderbilt was actually illegal. It was illegal. But still was the wrong choice for him not to chase. Gone over, not under. Yes. 100%. Yes. 100%. That, doesn't, that doesn't take away the fact that it was an illegal screen. Nevertheless, absolutely. Can't, uh, can't turn a cucumber back into a pickle. Um, Vanderbilt should have went over, not under. That being said, got the win. He should be in the starting lineup, but uh, Captain Dingling won't allow it. 
Once again, it is the Lakers Fast Break. It is a snack pack. Truly appreciate you joining us. And also here today, good man indeed. He is the mastermind behind Oxide T47 at LakersBall.com. Shane is a great movie, cool, uh, cool bro. Gerald just hate, hates on the little kid. That's the whiny kid just absolutely <laughs> destroys the movie for me. Sorry. It's just the way I feel. I'm sorry. Not going to change. You got a whiny kid in the prequel movies named Hayden Christensen. You got a whiny kid in Shane. But also here today, it is Mr. Banger McStevens, a.k.a. the guy that hosts <laughs> Lakers Nightcap. It is Rob Van Dam himself. It is Joe Soro. And Joe, great to have you here. Wanted to go ahead and ask your thoughts on this. Let me just requote you what Darvin Ham said after the game last night when asked if he's going to consider going back to Jared Vanderbilt in the Lakers starting lineup. Well, right now, quote, I'll consider getting me something, something to eat, a nice glass of wine, and consider sleeping very soon here. Getting a good night's sleep. No lineup questions, please. So totally avoiding the question that's being asked to him and his refusal or his stubbornness not to make the change is getting a lot of people mad both in and out of Lakers fandom right now, Joe. Yeah, I read that quote last night on Nightcap. Everything that we say he is, is he's confirming now. Uh, his job is to make sure that he puts his players in the best position possible. The problem is we saw two plays last night where he didn't. And they were both three-point shots that almost cost us a win. The execution still needs to be done by the players, obviously. But Jared Vanderbilt was, what, seven, eight feet away from from uh, Curry based off how the set was or the defensive set was. Uh, I would like to think that when you're – planning the defensive scheme on the sidelines during the timeout that you would tell Vando, listen, I don't want you in the middle of half court. You need to be Velcroed on Steph Curry. Not only was he not, he had to fake uh, flop to try to get a call, which you don't usually get those calls in the game, so it's a waste of time. But he was a mile away from Steph Curry. And then on top of that, you put Austin Reeves, who's not who's vertically challenged compared to most NBA athletes, to try and chase Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson has an open shot where he ends up shooting a three and tying the game. These are all coaching decisions, coaching preparation, coaching philosophies that that are are not being uh, that aren't working. Uh, I, I don't. I, I just can't keep coming on to the show and telling everyone how terrible he is because after a while the show's going to get boring. I want to focus on how the the players are going to try and work around a terrible coach. The question is going to be, can they? I, LeBron can. I think AD can, but I don't know if role players can. Uh, that's that's the question, and. Uh, I really don't know the answer yet. I have to. I have to see what happens. And as far as reinforcements coming here in the next what thirteen days, uh, I don't believe there's going to be any moves made. At least not anything major. 
the Lakers don't really have enough assets to go get someone that would be of relevance. If they do go get somebody, it's likely going to be maybe a hair above what we have now at best. The Lakers have to come to grips that they're going to have to make a run here with an inferior coach. That's going to fall on the shoulders of LeBron James and AD, which I guess that's why you pay the big bucks. <laughs> we'll see, though, if you know how it's going to lay itself out with the back-to-back in Houston and Atlanta, Joe, because you know they did play 50 minutes each last night. So we'll see what kind of excuses that they have as far as sitting out one game or the other. You talked about it last night. I, this is the part I did catch as far as what you and Magic Man were talking about in regards to what you foresee him playing or LeBron or AD playing in the next two games. I, obviously, the goal is to be as fully staffed and fully ready for the Thursday game against Boston. But what do you see happening I haven't I haven't seen any reports on Anthony Davis's they're both listed as questionable right now. That's their okay. that's their normal deal. Well, that that's pretty much. Right I don't I, I think that's the one I'm gonna be waiting to see the results for Monday's game. Uh I did notice a quote that you'll probably maybe like. <laughs> uh it was a, a Anthony Davis uh, interview. AD was asked a question and uh, it, so basically Mr. Ham was talking, thinking about wine and, 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 and going to his little uh, jammies instead of answering questions. But AD did gave us a little bit of a snippet uh, of Mr. Ham, which was AD was asked, do you guys see the playoff starting lineup here soon? And AD said, that's on coach. That's on coach. <laughs> nothing nothing crazy, but I just thought it was funny that he repeated it. And when you watch speech patterns on people, sometimes uh, sometimes the tone will, will... Reading it in text is different than listening to it. And then if it's repeated, normally there's uh, a push on that. The Lakers know they have a terrible coach. AD and LeBron know they have a terrible coach. The question is, are they communicating it to Rob and Jeannie? (laughs) Are they communicating it to to Rob and Jeannie? And what would they say? I'd be more interested in knowing what Rob and Jeannie are saying. Should they ask those questions? This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Send me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cool. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. It is what it is. I mean, uh, right now we're in a situation where Ham is being very stubborn. Magic Man, uh, you know, 
Captain Ding Dong, Captain Dingaling, whatever you want to say that you've called him here on the show. Oh, he's a Ding Dong on the it's, court. It's it's very troubling to see that you know um, we were wrong, uh, Joe and I on on Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, you know he has played a lot better because they have found ways for him to be more productive on the offensive end of the court. Now, mind you, it's still a work in progress, but hey, it's a lot better than it was even one week ago when he was shooting, what, 7% from three-point area and he was scoring 3.1 points per game. So, and teams were literally staying 20 to 25 feet off him when he was out there on the perimeter. That's why we called Jared Vanderbilt and Camrash the Cardio Bros. Exactly. Combined six points, they shoot about a combined... Like Gerald just said, a combined something like forty percent from three combined <laughs> between them. They just they're just out there for exercise, Gerald. Well, at least Vanderbilt's turned it around a little bit. That's true, indeed. Uh, Isabel has something. I'm surprised that most of you guys here are very pessimistic. Don't remember our hopelessness last year with Westbrook and how Rob worked his magic. He can do it again, bringing starting level upgrades. Well, Isabel. That is his only real success, period, as a general manager. He's been a miserable failure the entire tenure before that. So let's put that in perspective. We give you, we're not pessimistic, we're realistic. So when we give you our thoughts, it's not in a pessimistic or optimistic tone. It's a realistic tone. When they tell you that, when we look at things, when I look at things as far as trades and things of that nature, you have to look at also from the eyes of the opposite team's GM and say to yourself, if, if Rob called me for this package, would I take it? Or if I'm Rob, if do I really want this $150, $160 million contract? Whether it's Zach Levine, or I know you also mentioned Grant as well, Isabel. So we're just trying to give you realistic answers. It's not optimism or pessimism. It's realism. So Isabel, we don't have any assets that that could enhance this team. Because the West Brick to the level that we need that we need to combat not only depth and 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 execution, but we have we, you have to factor in that we arguably have the worst coach out of the thirty teams right now. And, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Okay. I I'm sorry. I had to. I had to. Respond no, please, to by all means, because she's she's I, I listing like him as. She respectfully is listing him as a genius, actually. May I counter that? May I counter that? Isabel, what makes you think you're not living in a reality trap? I mean, if we're if we're if we're pessimistic, can you also be open minded and maybe your other Laker fans are kind of living in that reality trap that what happened last year kind of rolls over to this year, even though Every year is different, right? We talk about we we talked about this is every year is different. Uh, last year he he had more, he had more like Gerald said he had he had more ammunition to uh, to make a big blast. This year, not so much. Um, you know, he doesn't I, have I, the thirty million dollar. Yeah, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. And Gerald. two and, first round picks. That's what he had last. And year. yeah, and. And sometimes expectations are not realistic. I, I don't think people should have the expectation that just because 
Polinka made those uh, exactly. Gerald, Gerald is correct. I, I think that's the reality trap is that because Rob pulled this off last year, he could do it again. Well, you, you know, you, sure. Lightning does strike in the same place twice over and over again. That, that being said, as Gerald has said, there's not, the he doesn't have a long bare. track record. He has one period one of time where period he made... of time, one small yes. period of time. Yes. So uh, that's all we're saying is we just want you to look at it realistically. Like we do, we're looking at it realistically. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah. I know you were, we're more continuing on that. So go ahead, Joe. You're on, you're on mute. Yeah. The, 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 the parts that were wrong when we're wrong, are based off of actual play. So Jeff mentioned Vander, Vanderbilt, and all of a sudden he's playing well now, right? Yes. Vanderbilt, I was basing Vanderbilt's offensive prowess based off of how he flamed out in the Denver series mainly. D'Lo flamed out in the Denver series mainly. We've said countless times that everyone in the NBA is extremely talented. The problem is, are you talented enough to win the big games? The Lakers are in a different section when it comes to winning. They're not even in the Denver Nuggets, uh, Oklahoma City, Minnesota, Philadelphia section. Folks. In case you forgot, this is the L.A. Lakers. This is the Los Angeles Lakers. This is the most popular basketball team on the planet. The most popular basketball team on the planet has arguably the greatest basketball players still balling of this era on its team. And you have Anthony Davis, who arguably has the freakish, the freakest the freakiest talent that when it's fully implemented in the end. He's a cheat code on defense. So we are not on a level that can actually be measured by anyone, but maybe the Celtics to a degree. And I say that not because the Celtics have been a juggernaut. The Celtics have won one championship in 38 years. One championship in 38 years. And in that time, the Lakers have won eight. So what's that with that? There's a different pressure. There's a different result. There's a different anticipation of everything. We don't sit and go, oh, let's hope that Jared, Jared Vanderbilt can do this. No. For about a month, if he sucks, he sucks at that point. If he changes, cool. That's fine. But we don't have time. For that, we're twenty. The Lakers are twenty-four and twenty-three. The Knicks. Would you argue, Sean? Would you argue that if I came to you and I said before the before the season started, if I said which team has a better roster, the LA Lakers or the New York Knicks? What would you say? And I'm being honest. Be honest with me. Don't be a Laker. Like, don't say the Lakers because you're a Laker fan. Really, honestly, tell me. Knicks or the Lakers, beginning of the year, who has the better talent? The Knicks. I would have said the Lakers. I did say the Lakers. Okay. So let's look at the Knicks. They're 29 and 17. And in my view, they're not because they have Jalen Brunson and a bunch of role players. 
And, and again, they, they made a great trade that's helping them. But at the time, they didn't do that. Uh, I was never an R.J. Barrett fan, so that's probably why I, maybe I should have said that too. Before the trade, I'm not at the beginning of the year. So the Lakers, in my book, were a better team. You have Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And that team is sitting at 29-17. and 17. I'd like to think that the Lakers should be at least at that number with the talent they have. Especially considering AD's only missed two games. LeBron hasn't missed any games due to a major injury. D'Lo, the last three weeks, has been balling as a bona fide number three. So what is it, guys? Oh, I know what it is. It's it's the guy that it's just... ding dong. There you go. It's ding dong. I mean, so, at the at the low end, Tibbs wins about forty four to forty eight games. You give him pretty good to very good roster. He wins upwards of fifty games. Constantly did it in Chicago. Didn't work out that second year in Minnesota. But the the fact of the matter is, the the guys are just a better coach than Darvin Ham. And so uh, well, but while Isabel is stating that part of her reasoning behind why she thinks he's a genius uh, is based uh, off I, of the twenty nineteen. Sorry, I can't take anybody seriously, Isabel. I'm sorry. I, I, Rob Blinken is. Well, let me let me just say why it's part of her reasoning. Jerry West was a genius. Yes, but let me just say just let me say why in her opinion in her words it was based off of the the structure of the team that was built on the championship run. And I'll I'll leave it at that, Joe. So, uh, yeah, Gerald, I, I, Gerald, yeah. who who create who created the cap space to sign LeBron James? Was it Rob Polinka or was it one Magic Johnson, Gerald? Uh, I think Magic Johnson had the. I think the, 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 yeah. the, the six years earlier. <laughs> well, I mean, the fact was is that there was a huge, huge free agent that summer, and Magic uh, cleared cap space. Plus the Anthony Davis trade. Correct. So, I mean, are we going to give Rob Polinka? Are we doing this? Are we, is it this revisionist history? We would give Rob credit for things he didn't do. And then also, it's always laid blame on, on uh, LeBron and AD it's for, oh, yeah, it's, it's for them for the Westbrook trade. Well, you know what? If I'm the GM and somebody presented that to me, I told you how adamant I was. Those are the type of trades I would walk off, say, okay, if you're going to want LeBron, if you want him, I don't want this job anymore. That was absolutely the worst trade in Lakers history. It, it's it, the worst. There's not even say, a close second. What do you say, Joe? What do you say about that trade that we're still suffering from it even to this day? Yes, because we lost. It's hemorrhaging us. Yes, it's it's very similar. It's almost it's worse due to the predicament in a lot of ways. Well, no, I shouldn't say predicament. The Chris Paul it's trade an albatross. Going... That's what it is. It's yeah. an albatross. The, the Chris Paul trade being vetoed, what it did was it set oh. a, a a downfall that the Lakers tried to continue to climb out of, but they couldn't. They, they, they overpaid for Steve Nash. They went and got Dwight Howard, who wasn't the right fit. Um, and, 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 and they alienated. And the, the problem with the veto was more of how do you how do you have a a, a how do you have a team that's going to be tight when Lamar and Gasol were shown the door, basically, right? They're still human beings. They're, you know, they felt betrayed a little, right? That was the bad part. That was the residual that you can't fix. So with this trade for Westbrook, what they did was they sacrificed not only uh, 
like let's say defensive ability in KCP, Kuzma, and Caruso, they sacrificed the youth. We had youth and defensive players and guys that could hit shots at a timely manner, which is a huge thing in L.A. It's huge for the Lakers. We need guys that can hit shots when it matters. Not We know they're not going to hit every game consistently all year long. It's just it's too difficult in this team. There's too much pressure. But KCP, Caruso, and even Kuzma to some degree, especially on the defensive end, they came in clutch when we needed them. And we have never been able to replace those guys because of salary cap reasons and having to deal with the fact that the league knows that they're in a, in a, in a, in a rut. They're not going to help us. There's no draft capital because you gave it all away for AD, rightfully so. Again, I would make that trade. We got you a title. 100 out of 100. But that's the thing is, is they should have, the, 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 looking back on it, they panicked. And it all really came down to the fact that you guys were paying attention to something else when you should just focus on what you're doing. They panicked when Harden went to Brooklyn. They made that deal. And here's here, here is the result. And we haven't been able to make up for it. Joe is married. Gerald is married. Yeah, yeah. it's our no, it's a dating advice again for cool bro and whatnot. So, so what yeah. was the question? Uh, I I don't know. I, I missed it on there as far as far as the actual what was the question? Cool I guess. bro. First... When it comes to dating, uh, it's going to be a little <laughs> bit tough for you because you're 14. Uh, oh, he's 15 now. It's, he's it's, sure. it's, 15. Actually, it's not, it's not. It's not. If he listens to my, my advice, my, my like, advice I, I, got, is, I, I did very well at 14 and 15. Look, speak first of yourself. all, 14 and 15 year olds your, don't date. Speak, speak okay, for yourself. Your children. All right. Speak for yourself. Okay, your children. You're not supposed to be dating. Like, what do you, where do you, what, what does a 15 year old tell another 15 year old? So, uh, where, what do you well, do? Well, in, in, well, he's turning 15. I thought and what kind the of juice box do you like? Sean advice. Then, well, <laughs> that's that's funny, Joe. He's 14, turning 15 this year, and a year later he'll be he'll be thinking about driving a car. And when you have cool, a bro. car, Don't when you have a car, when you have gym. a car, when you have get a car, it's easier to get a date. Workout. It's easier to get a date when you have a Focus car. Focus on your schooling. Joe Soro. Yes. Be start doing the things that men blah, are blah, trained blah, to do. Blah 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 blah. You don't want to waste your time dating, whatever that means. Believe me, I was around. I was around a lot of people who enjoy, were dating. Enjoy being a Let me finish this. Now, oh, I was around a lot up. of people. A lot of them were my friends when they were dating. When they were fourteen and fifteen, you want to know where they are right now? Divorced and not married. Because they don't have any game. What's <laughs> again? They're divorced. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Isabel says she fully trusts Robin. You know what? Uh, that's her choice. I do remember, though, when Rob constructed the oldest team ever in NBA history two seasons ago. You are so and... wrong, High Octane. You are so wrong. I think he's right. High Octane, <laughs> don't let him. Dis- dis- Can we, then, let's get back you're to right. the Lakers here for a second. But uh, don't we remember when, when Rob constructed the – he deconstructed a championship-winning team and deconstructed it year by year by year, Joe and Sean, and included the geriatric team, the all-star team from 2013 that he actually put out there a couple seasons ago. Cannot tell me that he's made genius moves continuously when you see where the Lakers were at a, once and weren't for quite some time. Now, 
he did have that good run last year at the trade deadline, but he did have a 30 plus million dollar asset that was coming off the books plus an extra first round draft pick. He had two first round draft picks. This year, he does not have those luxuries, guys. That is the problem. And whether you consider him a genius or not, maybe the smartest move is to not do much at all and build yourself up for a better summer than trying to go ahead and chase after something that's not really there, guys. Well, uh, the Lakers, Darvin, I mean, sorry, uh, Rob Palenka is really not going to ever really get out of this in its current construction. It's already too late. And then they, they compounded it with, by hiring Darvin Ham. I'd say Darvin Ham, you might've had a chance to maybe do something if you had brought the right coach in, but they even got that one wrong. So they had, Rob Lincoln made two major mistakes. One is trading for Westbrook. The other is hiring Darvin Ham and Darvin Ham in my estimation at this point might have been the the final nail in the coffin but you got to respect isabel she's she's again very thought you know on her thoughts anybody who thinks anyone who's going to be positive and have faith in somebody i'm not going to discourage it yeah but you you can't call rob palenka a genius he's not a genius that's we'll go that's going overboard rob palenka is a agent who turned himself into a gm due to Genie's nepotism fetish. She loves like Kobe telling her, hey, get this guy. She loves Kurt Rambis because he's been a Laker for 40 years and she's been friends with his wife for 40 years. And, and, and to, to some degree, I understand that she feels comfortable around those people because she trusts them. The problem is this isn't a family business where you're selling paper clips. Okay. This is professional athletes. You have to analyze your employees much differently in this business and and analyze your coaching much different in this business versus some jerk off who's going to go tell some employee hey you're not making enough paper clips okay anyone can make paper clips anyone can go tell someone how to make paper clips not everyone can do what lebron does okay there's a difference there is a difference you need to hire the right people for the job in this business or your toast in a bad way. Why? Because winning and losing is your business. You don't need to worry about winning and losing in some mundane, I don't know, selling printers business. Who gives a crap about that? There's 500 different other stuff you can do there. But the thing is to Isabel and to everybody out there, and once again, this is the Lakers fast break, our show is built on realistic commentary, realistic thoughts, and realistic opinions. I mean, if you want roses, if you want dandelions, you want, uh, you know, just, just ask Mr. Mr. Casanova over here if you want flowers. Yeah. If you Mr. want those, I was, co- dropping, I was dropping dimes at 15. Yeah. <laughs> if you want, I didn't, I didn't say that. I, I didn't said, say that. I didn't say I that, said. but I was skipping class and going to the bathroom. Okay. And occupying myself with something that was better than what was in the classroom. You're dingling. <laughs> okay, guys. Can we go back to what we're talking about here? Although on, this is a good conversation. He called you Casanova. So I guess you know you got to pat yourself on the back there, Magic Man. There you go. I never had that problem. 
Okay. I never went on a, I never went in a drought. Unlike I him, the, I just think the concept. Unlike him, he he went in a he was in a drought. For I've a never I've never been in a drought. <laughs> but Isabel, that's the whole are, point. Like, but let's get back. You guys have been in a drought before. But let's get back to what's going on here, Isabel. We are also realistic with what we watched, and what we're watching right now is a 500 team. And let's see how they do on this important Grammy trip going forward. But when you don't have the assets that you once did and you don't have the track record that Rob does, he just doesn't have a good overall track record as GM. It's just no one can tell us this because we've seen the moves that he's made over the course of his tenure as general manager. Again, that Westbrook trade, you can say LeBron engineered it all you want till the cows come home. If you're a, a, a GM that's smart, that's perceptive, and that has the balls to say no to anyone, if you know it's a bad trade, you say no, it's a bad trade, or you walk off that job because that was absolutely a terrible trade from the get-go. Go ahead. I think I, I think what we need to do from here on out. I, I don't mind referencing it all the uh, you know every now and then, but I think we need to stop talking about what happened three years ago. Uh, well, I mean, that's what is that's, that's that's that might be that might be what's keeping this thing from trying to figure something out. Whether it's going to be relevant or not is is not the point. The point is what's done is done. Now we need two superstars <laughs> to. <laughs> Go on, continue. Continue. Go ahead, Joe. Sorry about that. We got to stop thinking about what happened three years ago. Focus now. We know what what this team has right now. They have an inept coach. Their GM is likely not going to be able to put something together here that's going to reinforce anything on this team. So you're going to have to go to battle with this team. The, the, the positive in this, at the very least, is that you do have LeBron James and Anthony Davis on the team. And my focus is going to be on, can those two great players get around this? That's all the, that's all we have left folks. That's all we have left. And please, you know, with, with D'Angelo and Austin and Vanderbilt, if they can chip in, cool, great. That would help. But the, the one thing that we do have that we can, Hang our hats on is the fact that you do have LeBron and you do have AD. And when you have two great players that are capable of being great, then you got to ride that now and see what happens. That's where I'm at. I am done talking about the inadequacies of Rob Palinka, Jeannie Buss, and Darvin Ham. It's done. What's done is done. Let's focus on how is this team going to. Get a five or six game winning streak here at some point in the next three months. That's my focus. Because Isabel, and I'll go back to, and again, Isabel, we truly appreciate your interaction with us. Uh, I will say, though, when it comes to positivity and throwing flowers or whatnot, there are some shows out there that just, you know, they're like Laker time. They bleed purple and gold, see everything purple and gold, and they cannot see reality other than purple and gold. And so they give you a warped sense of reality. And, and just try to shine on the positivity. Don't tell you really how it is like we do here at the Lakers Fast Break. Shining on the positivity is not the problem. The but you got to tell people realistically what's going is, on. The issue is, is again, I'm going to repeat this again. The issue is 
you cannot say that Rob Palenka is a genius. Now, if you just kind of slip that out, okay, I get it. He's not a genius. And you can't define a player like, let's say, I don't know, I'm going to pick on Max Christie, that he has value in a trade. Like something like that. Like I think that's kind of asinine at that point. Like are you even watching the games? And I'm not trying to get on Max Christie. Folks, come on. Let's get real here. The Lakers have to win. They have to have that mindset right now as of today that they got, they're going to win with this team right now. Whatever happens between now and whenever, okay, whatever. We'll, we'll deal with it then. But at this point, you have a coach that's terrible, but you have LeBron and, and, and AD, and you're, you're, you're fortunate that Vando has improved on offense enough to where now you can actually put him out there and not worry about him not being able to make a layup, and D'Lo is making shots from everywhere. And that's, I guess, something positive. Just win games now. So Isabel down below, I put it in there as far as the additions that she thinks she we can realistically get over the next few days, John. And even if you put all those names together or ones that she says she's interested in, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure that moves the needle enough to get by a Boston or a Denver or even a Minnesota or Oklahoma City at this point in time or a Philadelphia or even in Milwaukee, if they find some type of defense. I'm not sure what she's showing people down there, whether it's a grant at $160 million, you'd be stuck with on this contract to Dorian Mm -hmm. Mm Finney-Smith, who is a very solid role player Mm -hmm. who can hit from the outside and play uh, a sufficient defense. Uh, I'm assuming it's uh, the bridges from uh, Charlotte, uh, you know, with his troubled past, but seemingly has put it together. Uh, Hunter, from Atlanta, um, guy who has underperformed and underachieved uh, in his time since being drafted in the league, although he was the answer to the trivia question about the Lakers draft pick that they gave up. Uh, and then you have Murray, Brogdon, and Caruso. Caruso obviously speaks for himself, uh, Brogdon, and then uh, Murray's there as well. So your thoughts on that, on those additions, uh, they're all solid players. Let's just put it out there. But none of them in any combination, move the needle far enough to get the Lakers where Isabel and we as a unit base want them to go? Uh, I'd, <clears throat> uh, Dorian Finney-Smith is, would be adequate. Yeah. Um, Good solid player. DeAndre Hunter, no. Um, Hunter has just come off uh, an injury where he had knee inflammation, so he's already had previous issues with his knees before Gerald. This is somebody I think who's past his prime and um, he's very inconsistent, very inconsistent. I think that um, is Brogdon a better player than D'Lo right now. Well, look, let's, let's, let's be honest about something, Gerald. That whole Virginia Cavaliers team was overrated. Yes, they won. Yes, they won a national championship. But the players that have been drafted have been largely inadequate. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Yes. So uh, Isabel saying DFS is a Vando with three point shooting. Well, I yes. And what would Sean Marks want for something like that? He would yes. want adequate compensation. And if anybody's and, asking to trade, and if you're game. going to trade like a first round pick or two first round picks. Give me Mikhail Bridges. Let's talk about Mikhail Bridges rather than Dorian Finney-Smith. You only have one, Sean. Yeah. Well, hey, Gerald, that's all you got. So you're not giving us Mikhail Bridges for one first-round pick. Um, You're not getting the Ironman for that. 
I, we need to stand pat. That's basically what needs to happen here. I just posted an article that was um, uh, written that uh, cites Mark Stein as saying that he believes that the Lakers acquiring uh, DeJounte Murray before the trade deadline is, and I quote, unrealistic. Um, again, I I mean, he's not going – does does he help us get into the top six? No. You'd need more than that. Um, would he help us secure a playing spot? Sure. I mean, is that what we're going for now as Laker fans? Because that, that's kind of what – we're used to the past three or four years is competing to be a playing team. And the thing though, is with gate, you cannot utilize Gabe in a trade unless you're ready to take out, give that first round draft pick alongside with it. Because Oh yeah, wants, no, he's, um, why would you want, if you're another general manager, a three-year contract with a guy that already is having knee problems, magic. Yeah, no, Gerald, you wouldn't, um, it's not smart basketball. No, it's not smart basketball. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch Max Gabe Vincent with. I wouldn't touch Gabe Vincent with a ninety-nine and a half foot pole. To quote the great Dr. Seuss, Ted Geisel. Um, Is he like the fake sugar sweetener that you put in coffee, Max Christie? I mean, is that, are you talking about equal or stevia? Yeah, I, it doesn't matter. I mean, she says Max is a sweetener, and oh. I'm thinking to myself, Max is been awful this year man if we add a sweetener that would be like walter white be, if, walter white given that uh, woman they i put that poison that stevie and he's a free agent so what does it do you he's a sweetener for what he's a free agent he'll leave and walk out on you you know so well uh one one thing is also for sure gerald uh i i think laker fans including ourselves and we've uh, by the way we're kind of the only I, i've been watching we're kind of the only uh, Lakers chat, Lakers site that is bringing this up. D'Lo is likely to leave the Lakers. If he's playing like this, he will likely opt oh, out. He'll and cash. Leave. He'll he cash will, out. He will leave. He will exactly like Gerald saying. He'll go to Vegas, have a ball for a weekend, and like Gerald said, sign like a thirty thirty five million dollar contract with a. Uh, with another team for three or four years because he's not going to sign these two-year deal crap with the Lakers anymore. It's yeah. it's either you commit to me long term or I'm gone. Like and so it again and again if Polinka's this ingenious executive, he would kind of find a way to finagle a way to try and extend deal, but he's also not going to do that because that would mean walking all the way upstairs, crawling up Jeannie's ass, and convincing her that signing D'Lo to an extension is uh, worthwhile. Now, and, uh, and now Cash says, oh, Max is a restricted free agent. But well, Gerald, that's look, if you pay the, you got to pay a qualifying offer. You have to tender a qualifying offer to make him that restricted free agent. You and are you willing to put in that kind of money? You acquired and. You acquired Anthony Davis, who had one year left on his deal. When you made these trades, you acquired D'Angelo Russell, who had only was on an expiring contract. Jared Vanderbilt only had one year. Rui Hashimura, again. So he's had to put his eggs in that one basket. That's what happened. He had to put all his eggs in that one basket. Who he acquired, he was able to retain for the most part. That being said, 
those players don't have the intrinsic value that that we think they have because outsiders are telling us no you don't like for example Gerald what would you if you were say and I think I think he would greatly help this team if you were the Philadelphia 76ers and you're Daryl Morey and you said hey Rob I think Rui Hashimura would be really great on the Sixers what would you what do you think Rui is worth Gerald if you're a rival executive what would you offer the Lakers for Rui Hashimura? Right now, second round draft picks. That's it. They're that's not it. playing him. That's, that's it. That's it. And you know what? The Lakers did the same thing with Julius Randle. And Lakers fans thought that Julius Randle was the best thing since sliced bread. And when they tried to trade Julius Randle, what happened, Gerald? Yep, second round picks. That's all you're going to get. We'll give you two second round picks for Julius Randle. That's the best you're going to get with Rui Hashimura. Two second round picks because they're not playing him and they're not and even when darvin ham plays him he's not playing him correctly so you're not advertising your assets like can't people see this like if you if you don't have a billboard up how do i know what you're selling if you're not advertising what you're selling how am i expected to buy what you're trying to sell me like it's no but gerald Gerald, this is obvious. It's it's obvious, right? And people can't see it because they're stuck in this realistic, uh, this uh, reality trap. You advertise Austin Reeves, and guess what? Nobody wants him. Nobody really wants him for what you think he's worth. And again, if you're trying to sell me on something and you're not advertising it, I'm not going to buy it. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Well, let me just say this. I'm going to get it to Joe right now. Once again, it is the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate you watching and listening. Please like and subscribe to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the Lakers Fast Break. Joe, again, it comes right down to it. The Lakers have the opportunity, the opportunity, Joe, on the table to save a lot of money if they stay under the tax, if they stay under the cap, if they... Uh, are able to be the beneficiary of not only $14 million in the kitty or thereabouts. If they do, they'll also in the summer be more prepared to make bigger trades, to make bigger acquisitions with the next, with a two, not just one, but two extra first round draft choices. But it seems like if you listen to the fan base out there, Isabel or anybody out there, they just want a trade now for trade purposes when it doesn't look like we're going to get anyone that really will get the Lakers again, the type of movement like we did last season, we it just does not seem like, like people understand that, Hey, we don't have what we had this time last year. This is not just a Laker problem. The, the league is having less and less big names available during the summer. The last couple of years, Durant was supposed to be this, big catch 
during two summers ago and that kind of flamed out. I don't know where the NBA is going uh, at this point with its players being available. It, it would have to be a demanding type situation. Uh, I do believe Jeff, Empire Jeff, in that I think there is one player out there, but it's not going to be anytime soon. But I would seriously make kind of see what happens with Luca in Dallas. I believe if, if Cuban has any say in, in, in the Dallas Mavericks operation, I know he sold off a lot of his stock to somebody. I don't know the parameters of what that does in terms of his decision-making on the team. But let's just say he still has the decision-making uh, authority. He's never going to trade Luca to L.A., so Luca's going to have to make a decision on <coughs> playing out his contract and leaving. That's the guy that I think is likely to possibly – come to L.A. Another guy might be Giannis, especially if Milwaukee bombs. But we're not going to know any of this for a while. Uh, for the foreseeable future, the Lakers are in a rut. Uh, their draft capital is what? A 29, a 31 pick. What else? What else can they trade? That's 50 years from now. Does that, does that have any value, really? I know if I'm a GM and I'm trying to get assets for a player that would matter for the Lakers is a 29 or a 31 first round pick going to really, really butter my muffin. Cause the desirable one would be a 26 or a 27 right in that area. If you had a first round traffic there, cause people would be saying by that time, AD and LeBron would be out of the picture. And who's the player? Who's the player? I want to know who the player is. I've been scanning the rosters of all 29 teams over and over and over again the last month. Who? There's Who? no Kyrie. There's no KD. There's nothing. There's nothing that would warrant trading what you have now and what little draft capital you have for that guy that when you get him, you're like, oh, yes, we got reinforcements. No, you're going to get a guy that within a month, it's going to take him a minute to acclimate, right? But then even then, if he's a role player, he's going to hit and miss. We might as well stick with what we have. You're just trading to trade. You're just trading to trade. And I don't – we we overvalue Laker – we've been overvaluing Laker players since the beginning of time, since the NBA started, obviously. Well, since I can remember watching the Lakers. The Lakers fandom have a habit of overvaluing almost every player on the team. They think they can get five-star players for guys like Julius Randle and Brandon Ingram. You know, I, 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 and it's not their fault. You had these morons who actually said that the Lakers lost in the trade for AD. Now, I'm sitting there going, Lonzo Ball, and at that time, I thought he was a bust. Can't shoot, can't stay healthy, too busy doing whatever it is that he does, put tattoos on his neck. Uh, Brandon Ingram, half the time, I don't know if he's awake. And then you had maybe Josh Hart. I, I, I miss Josh Hart to a degree because that's usually the kind of guy you want as uh, the, the chemistry uh, addition, a guy that can, you know, do some things for you as a role player. He's... He's a winner. He won at Villanova. I like his overall demeanor. 
he was out of that in the trade. And then, of course, the draft picks at that time. I'm like, who gives a crap about first-round draft picks when you win championships? Like, what are, what are these teams going to get at in the late 20s and 30s? Lakers have to have somebody demand to come to L.A. if they want it in a trade. That's the only way. Or they have to come here as a free agent when they have money. At the moment, we don't have any of those chances. The Lakers are likely going to have to run with what they have. And LeBron and AD are going to have to go into their greatness bag and figure out a way to make it work. Otherwise, it's a dead year. I just don't think it's sound to go ahead and make trades just to make trades. I know I put up uh, Isabel's uh, three-teamer there, uh, Magic Man, and uh, I was not... uh, I mean, I don't know if they'll be the other teams would be impressed with that. I mean, any package with Max, who's struggled mightily this year, and Gabe Vincent again, who has a knee issue, who's not even he's played four games this year. Four. Okay. And, look, and let me mention this before Sean. Let me mention it. Sorry, this is something no, that I wanted to mention. You go ahead, up. sir. You go ahead. To, to, to show you guys how bad you know, uh, Isabel, you want to talk about genius? Okay, here. Here's your here's genius, Mr. Rapalika. Imagine if you had picked the right guy for the MLE instead of this walking corpse again from Miami. And imagine if you had picked the best mother effing player in the draft at the time you were picking, you would have had two Pots. players, two Pots. players that would have been an asset to this team right now playing. Then now you have not three guys that you can rely on as role players, you would have five. Now you have assets to trade for someone of some worth. We don't have that because Genius picked another guy from the Big Ten who can't play mother effing NBA basketball right now. Maybe he'll play well in five years. We need someone today. We need someone yesterday. And how about picking a freaking player that wasn't getting dusted in the finals? Like Gabe Vincent was. He had shown you your hand. He had shown his hand already. Why would you give him the MLE? For what? Because of heat culture? I don't give a damn about heat culture. Heat culture hasn't won in a decade. I don't care what they're doing over there. Why do you keep going after those guys? Genius that. Plus, Joe, we spent extra money last year in the second round to move up to get Max Christie, who has not panned out so far. And Max Christie is the modern day Tier Brown. Uh, who else? Who else? Who else will we? <laughs> wow, that's up? a name. Good okay. one. Uh, Goodlock and all these freaking guys that were coming out of nowhere. What? Look, guys, Max Christie is a nice guy. He's got some talent, but he's not good enough. Not even close. Not now, anyways. Not, I, probably never, but right now for sure. Isabel says Max has so, value. Come on. So, so Gerald, um, like intrinsic value, just level level with me, everybody. Level with me. Dorian Finney-Smith is past the age of thirty at this point. He's got a three. He's got three years left on his deal. At the age of thirty-three, at a player option that's fifteen million. DeAndre Hunter has three years left on a deal. 
that pays him 21, 23, 24 million with serious knee injuries, inflammation. He's coming off a serious ACL injury. He's 27 years old. And you're going to, Isabel, you're going to give away draft picks for 18, 19, 20 year old player on a four or five year deal. Plus you can re-sign them to an, to a, to a secondary contract that, by the way, may or may not be a max, depending on how they play, for DeAndre Hunt and Dorian Finney-Smith. Why? LeBron could leave at the end of this year, and you don't know what's going to happen with Anthony Davis. See, this is what I don't understand about some about our fan base. You're willing to trade the farm and all our war chests for potential breakthrough young players on on minimal con like the best years you're going to get out of nba players are those seven years the first four or five and then usually it's the the two or three and the secondary contract but we're constantly trading away these first round picks isabel it doesn't matter if lebron's gonna stay or not he's 39 years old he's gonna be 40 next year and you're willing to trade away first round pick after first round pick for guys who are 27, 28, 30, 31, 32, have three or four years left on a contract that are just, are just banes. They are banes. Like, if DeAndre Hunter was so sought after, Gerald, the Atlanta Hawks would trade him, man. They would trade him. They don't even want DeAndre Hunter. They don't even want DeAndre Hunter. Jeremy they, Grant in Portland. 160 mil. 160 mil. The Atlanta Hawks have AJ Griffin. They have Jalen Johnson. They have young players who are not making a lot of money. They don't want to pay DeAndre Hunter if they don't have to. So of course they'd pawn him off on us. Uh, I just I don't, I don't just... want him. I Dorian Finney-Smith, great shooter. Yeah, he's third. He's going to be 31 next year, and he's going to at the end of his contract, he's going to be on a fifth. Million dollar player option that he won't turn down for for anything, okay, based on the climate we're in. And yet, we're Laker fans are constantly saying, Yep, trade a first round pick, trade a first round pick. Those first round picks are cherry blossoms. You know what happens in spring when the cherry, cherry trees bloom? They're beautiful, everybody loves the cherry trees. But if you have a garden that's completely scorched earth, guess what? Nobody wants to visit that crap hole. Isabel, you know, you said you're saying if not, if if they don't make a move, we will puke seeing the Celtics get 18. You're right. We'll puke. We'll see the Celtics get 18. But you don't make trades just to make trades. You don't make trades just to get the Lakers up Celtics a, a couple sure spots. They don't puke before they win. But uh, you don't make trades. Before. Well, you just don't make trades – if you don't get that much better, the Lakers are a 500 team and ninth place in the Western conference. I say this on every show, as far as after the game, where they are and where they're standing. So are. Joe talked about heat culture. You know, who just made a trade to make a trade The Miami heat. They got Terry Rozier. There you go. The Celtics, that need, to, the Celtics need to come through first. Yeah. So easy with the 18 for the Celtics, the Celtics play in the East. Remember that folks, the East. 
Yeah, this group has got this group has gotten to one finals, and everybody makes them out to be perennial champions. They're the, they're the Baltimore Ravens and the Lamar, Lamar Jackson of basketball. Everybody so pumps these guys up like they're preordained, and they're this amazing. amazing and by the way, Gerald, players. um, Jared, uh, Jason Tatum is twenty five years old. Remind me again, Gerald, how many championships did Kobe Bryant have at the age of 25? That's correct. That's correct. When it comes to Rui, though, everyone, Rui needs more time out there on the floor. We all get it. Ham just does not. He just loves Prince and just does not like Rui. I just it, It's there. Okay, we can see it. We know. We understand it. But okay, the it, thing Isabel, is, what, Isabel, I understand what you're saying, but that was in 2019 when LeBron James was 35 years old. He is 39 years old. Do you see the same player that LeBron was in 2019 that you do every in game? Every game. Do you do you see it every game? Do you see it every game, Isabel? Honestly, do you see it every game? That's the problem. He can't give you. What he gave you last night every single game. And the Lakers are still asking him to do it. The Lakers are still building a roster as if he is doing just that. I'm just trying to prepare people out there and give them realistic views. of where, Again, those other shows, they can throw all the flowers and dandelions all they want to and, and tell you unrealistically how they see it. We tell you point blank how they see it. The Lakers have few assets. They have a 500 team. They are a team that needs to do a lot more than just to trade on the fringes in order to get where you out there and we Short-term want them gain, to go. Long-term gain. I think that's the way that the, the realistic fan base sees this. Short-term pain, long-term gain. Because if we make a trade, Joe and Sean, and I'll go back to you, Joe, we make a trade that gets us to from ninth to let's say fifth. Let's just say fifth, and everything is fifth. You're still on the road all those rounds, most likely going to come up against some type of wall, and you probably won't be able to finish the season how you wanted to. And then the Lakers will be out even more assets. So, whatever it is that you want to build for LeBron, whatever time he has left down the road, will be impaired even more. If you're looking at this, if you're looking at it from that perspective, by the way, going from 10 to five, or I think they're at ninth place. Now, yeah, they're nine. You're in nine to, to five. That's a pretty big jump, which means uh, let's okay here. I think I'm pretty sure that the top four are going to be a combination of the Thunder, the Timberwolves, Clippers, and Nuggets. So if you get the five, you're going to likely play one of those teams. You have to pass over the Suns, the Mavs, uh, the Kings, Kings, the Pelicans. Now, you guys know who I'm going to be cheering for in the first round if those are the, that's the case, right? Because guess, guess what team can eliminate the road issue? For the geniuses in the room, who would we want to play in the first round? Golden State, Clippers. <laughs> well, don't want you want to play the Clippers right off? The yeah, because we're in LA. It's our it's our building. 
We don't have a home court disadvantage there. We're playing at home the entire series. So if you're going to play somebody in the first round, let's play them. Then you eliminate the issue with home court. It doesn't matter if it's a Clipper home court. It's still you're in it's LA. Still you're Lakers. In the Lakers will okay. cheer. You like in a bunch. Now that that issue's gone, and 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 for me, I was I've been encouraged at how they've played against the Clippers this year. If LeBron had played in this last Clippers game, I think they had a chance to win that game. That's a good point. So, if you're good enough to get to the five, that means whatever trade they made was significant. That's a pretty big jump. And if you could play the Clippers in the first round, now you just solved two big problems you were able to get a good seed and you're starting to the uh but remember they still have to get over to that hop and do you see a murray no. or a grant no, or... it's very important that everyone understand this folks no one values rui hachimura no one values no one values austin reeves no one values max christie and i what i mean by they don't value them is no one cares to get those guys unless there's a lot attached to them. We think that they're assets. They're not. You guys saw what happened last year during free agency. Did anyone send? Oh, okay, so Austin Reese talked to the Houston Rockets. Did he talk to San Antonio? I don't even know if he talked to San Antonio. That no was one... rumored. Not, not rumored. Everything was rumored. So based off non-rumors, which is what I do, I don't care about rumors, based off not rumors means nothing to me the lakers they, were bidding against themselves they were bidding right. against themselves and we got him for 14 when you had laker fans going they better pay him 25 million folks that's why you don't work in that business that's because you'd be you flushing your money down a toilet yes be careful stop overvaluing the laker role players it's just it's, it's it's important and i get and like we uh, joe i agree with joe and joe, but joe joe also understands that it's that's part of the nature of being a sports fan you know you you have your guys you want to root for them you want to see them succeed that being said you also have to be realistic that in a league of 30 teams not every other team is going to evaluate your players the same way you evaluate them but it's a lot beauty, of things that we Gerald, can see, Gerald, there are scouts beauty, that they pay. Beauty to is watch in the eye of the teams. behold. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So True. is value. True. Very good. Very good point. Again, Max Christie may become a good role player in the league, but most likely it'll have to be on a different team because it's just whatever he's doing now with the Lakers, it's just not working. And we've seen it before, Magic Man, where a player finds a better fit somewhere else and gerald i just love the fact that everybody is just undercutting what the denver nuggets did they're the defending nba champions do you really see a western conference team beating denver in a seven game series you're still nba fans you're still undercutting the denver nuggets you're still undercutting Nikola Jokic. he is the best player in the world i don't care that lucas scored 73 that's wonderful nicola has a ring he has a ring that luca doesn't all right stop undercutting denver there is not a team in the western conference right now that would beat them in a seven game series but also magic gotta understand it's not that this is not their money this is, I mean, this is not the, they, they don't run the Lakers. They don't 
oversee the, the the money each and every day that they do or what their situation is and how much they can get, not get, how much valuable it is to them. I Joe, I'll bring it back to you. I mean, there are serious financial considerations the Lakers must at least think about. You know, they don't have, as we're often told every single time, we don't we're not we don't have the bomber that can just throw money at every single thing and sticking. Genie has been proven to not always be so spendrific when it matters. So, and sometimes she does spend. But again, right now, the advantages if you stand pat or find yourself under the tax right now, whatever it is you do, whether it is you make a trade that puts you even below more below the tax or what have you. It's it, it's very advantageous right now. The the right now, if the Lakers choose to go a different route than what most people want them to at this point, and I'm just going to leave it out there for that. Lakers should focus on the current team and just roll with roll the dice with that with that team. I, I think thinking that you're going to be able to solve this issue. Uh, trading or bringing in something that's not likely going to make a difference. I think it's a waste of time. Focus on continuing, focus on making sure D'Lo continues to play well. Try and help from, you know, if you can, Darvin Ham, try and put Vanderbilt and Austin Reeves in better positions. And as far as Torian Prince is concerned, get him out of the starting lineup. Now that you have a player that's actually playing well on offense, stop putting in that three player lineup. That's destroying your defense. I'm focused on that. I'm not focused on an imaginary player that's going to come save this team. There is no such thing. There is no player that will be available that can help this this team based off how the CBA structures its plans and based off what the Lakers' situation is financially. Uh, Zangerstein has a good point. Uh, she said that, uh, you know, the Lakers should focus on their own coach because the players were giving out the effort, Magic Man, but the coach is, I'd say, uh, to rephrase what she's saying, she was, the coach was holding them back. She's correct. She's 100% She's correct. worse than holding them back. Well, I, I, I other than, other than, I mean, gluing their asses to the seats, uh, holding them back is, yeah, that's that's about the worst he could do. He's not allowing to Rui. He's not allowing Rui to really play his game. He's not really allowing Austin Reeves to play his game. And I'll reiterate it again: up until Delo's um, rocket ascension back to uh, what he was about thirty-six months ago. Um, he was giving him the quick hook. He was giving Jared Vanderbilt the quick hook. If they, if, and look back, like, I'm not, like, a lot of people, again, are in this reality trap or revisionist history where they don't want to, they don't want to admit that Darvin Ham gave D'Angelo Russell a quick hook. Malone outcoached him in that Western Conference final. They, they figured out Jared Vanderbilt and his uh, inabilities on offense and, it was just something where they started to figure out D'Lo, well, the defensive end. I would, and, and I would, I would give, offense. I would give, I, I, honestly, Gerald, I would give David, uh, David Adelman more credit for that than Michael Malone. Okay. Well, who on the yeah. Denver coaching staff period? Yeah. How about yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. 
fair enough because Malone has to deal with like both. Uh, but, but I'm just saying that yes, Denver yeah, matchups, sidelines matchups yeah. is scouting, right? And because that's somebody, what the playoffs are all about. Somebody somebody asked the question earlier in the chat. Well, if Darvin Ham is such a, a bad coach, how do you explain him getting the Western Conference Finals? Well, that it's very simple, really. The Lakers were the Lakers had flaws. The Memphis Grizzlies had bigger flaws than the Lakers did. And injuries. And injuries. The Lakers were able to expose those flaws and beat them in six games. The Golden State Warriors were a flawed team. No size. No size. The Lakers were able to exploit that and, and win. Deep playing in six incredible games. on defense. Yes. Uh absent, you know, two games. He he went MIA in game two and he went MIA in game five. But other than that, yes. Um, the Denver series, different story, different story. Jokic, Jokic had ascended. Jokic had ascended at that point, and he became uh, either you could argue and on Murray par or a, or ascend or ascended. AD is the best big in the NBA. So and uh, Murray was playing at a and Mur- level. Murray was playing at a, at uh, an unga- un- unfathomably ungodly level at that point, and he had just come off a serious knee injury as well plus they got uh, support from uh what brown aaron, aaron gordon michael brown. porter jr yeah. yes so they had a lot of depth and they were able to exploit that depth against us based on their scouting their matchups their scheme darvin ham did not match michael malone or uh, adelman's penchant for exploiting matchups he he didn't because at that point denver was not a flawed team they're not a perfect team every team has holes but darvin ham was not able to exploit those flaws on denver because he's a ding dong so let me go ahead and uh, and by the way gerald it's it's not as if this was this is the first um error in judgment that Jeannie Buss has made as far as, you know, either personnel or coaching staff. Like, let's remember, it's like somebody brought up Miles Bridges. Okay, well, I mean, yeah, the Lakers could bring him in. She had no problems bringing in a wife beater named Jason Kidd who smacked, Ju- smacked Juana around. He had no, She had no qualms about bringing in a wife beater like Jason Kidd. So why would she have any qualms about bringing in Miles Bridges? Okay, but when it, uh, uh, Gerald, I'm sorry, Gerald. Like that's a fair point. You may not like it, but it's a fair point. It is. It's a fair point. Uh, the way the way you phrased it was a little rough, but yes, it is a fair point. Uh, I will agree with you there, my friend. Uh, but guys, and I'll get, bring it back to Joe. Uh, Isabel saying we need a few role players that fit, not a star. Uh, we have D'Lo, Rui, Max. I think you should put AR in that because AR should at least be on the trading block too, as far as his, you know, because of his defensive deficiencies. Uh, JHS, Max, 29 pick, swaps, seconds. Those are useful assets. Let's compare them to the rest of the league. Oklahoma City with 10,000 uh, first and second round draft picks. New Orleans has an abundance. Indiana has an abundance plus cap room. There's a, a other teams out there that have a lot more assets than what the Lakers offer. But what do you think these assets can get you, Joe, if you're other opposing NBA GM? Nothing. 
I think it gets you something, but it won't get Look, you exactly what you want. Get, you'll get a at best a lateral move. You guys got to stop overvaluing these guys. You're killing me. Murray, Grant. The, the only reason why someone took on Westbrook's contract last year is because they only have to pay him for two months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Focus, got $30 million off the books. Focus. Focus. Focus on what I'm saying. D'Angelo Russell has had a good three weeks. He's still a role player, folks. He's not a star. AR is not a star. Rui is not a star. Max Christie will end up in Europe, likely, unless he goes to a perfect team. Focus. <laughs> Focus on what I'm saying. This may end up something. in Walmart. This oh, isn't something we're just throwing in the air and going, oh, we want to just, you know, uh, uh, just throw it out in the trash. It's what it is. For the so record, I think Max might become a good role player one day on another team. I'm, I'm, can, you, can we stop talking about Max Christie, please? I'm, I'm tired of hearing about him. He's, he might be great. And I his real name you. isn't Max. It's Cormac. I don't care about Max Christie. Cormac. I don't care about Max Christie. We got They're not getting anything out of Rui, Austin, or D'Lo that's going to make a difference. You know why? They need assets if they're going to take those guys. They're not just going to take D'Lo and give you Donovan Mitchell. And even if you wanted that, you're going to get hard capped. There's rules attached. There's rules. Rules that were created to stop the Lakers for the last 20 years. For 20 effing years, I've had to watch them implement the zone to stop Shaquille O'Neal. Ruin any chance of them winning a four straight championship. They've had two lockouts since Jordan retired because David Stern can ride the ride when everything's working on the machine. The second there's a flat tire or there's an oil change that needs to be made, he screwed it up. Okay? Then, then we had to deal with the fact that Mitch made possibly his greatest trade, if you can imagine it, and that didn't work out. And the Lakers hadn't really been able to make up for it for five years until LeBron saved the Lakers' ass by coming to L.A. freely. This game is very fickle, folks. It's very fickle. So when you make stupid mistakes, they're magnified. When you're a Laker organization, it's not only magnified. I'm talking telescopes to the freaking next galaxy. It's bad. So wake the hell up! Yeah, Zanger sign brings up a good point. It they it, they also created those constraints for the KD because, Warriors because of the KD going to the Warriors. That was the that was the uh, straw that broke the camel's back. Which is everybody. hilarious because I keep hearing things. This goes for real life sports. Well, we want to give our athletes the choice, and then the <laughs> second you give them the choice, you bitch about it. Right, you you give them autonomy, Which and then you it? want, and then you want to take it away from them. Which is it? And you guys know I love I I I, I was a big I've, I've been a supporter of Adam Silver. However, he has botched so many things the last three years on how this setup is going, and it won't matter. Just he like could have been a great extra in Bram Stoker's draft. I had this conversation about the NFL today about how oh you know. You saw all these numbnuts online. Oh, I can't believe they're putting the game on Peacock 
I'm never watching again. It's just like the Colin Kaepernick thing. I'm never watching this thing again. Then I find out two days later, 30 million people downloaded the Peacock freaking app and watched the game. What are you guys doing? Like, just sitting there typing bullshit while you're downloading stuff? I don't almost, believe anyone. Made it a I want whole you, I show want you guys to word. focus on what I'm saying. No, I don't, don't believe anyone. When anybody comes up and tells me there's global warming, there's astronauts falling out of the sky, there's asteroids, I don't believe anything. (laughs) Nothing. Aliens, nothing. It's the easiest way to shut down a stupid discussion. (laughs) I don't care about your tofu, your vegetables, your vegans, none of it. Gluten, stick your gluten up your your, your rear end. I don't care. I don't care. I know what I'm looking at. I know what I'm seeing. Okay, I know what I'm seeing. Don't don't say that what I'm seeing, not making up, seeing, is it real by telling me something that's fake? Because you can't prove it. Am I am I talking different a different language here? No. Mm-mm. Okay, I don't believe anyone in anything. Nothing. You have to prove it at this point. I have to be that guy. Because uh, you know, I'm going to have to mention, I, I hate to do this to you, Gerald, but I'm going to mention a, a quote that your favorite sportscaster, I'm being sarcastic, Colin Cowherd said years ago, don't pay attention to what people say, watch what they do. And most of you yap on your little social media. And then the second you get off that social media, oh, I got to watch the game because the guys are coming over. All your patronism and all your values go so you can go stuff yourself with drinks hot dogs and all that trash that that people eat at del taco and taco bell and then cool bro go back you go back on your little social media the next day oh i can't believe they put it on peacock well then why did you download it if you can't believe it okay you all didn't think it was going to be a rant tonight huh We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Sorrell, a.k.a. Oxide D47, a.k.a. Banger McStevens, along with the Magic Man, Sean Grice. Thanks so much for watching and listening. <laughs> Truly appreciate it. Isabel says, Joe, it's 2024. She's convinced because this is a Mamba year that the Lakers are destined to win the title. <laughs> Sounds like some fortune cookie bullshit. Fortune cookies don't have fortunes anymore. You know what the fortune cookie I I opened the other day said? You're going to have a good day. You will find prosperous business in the near future. You're going to have a good day was my fortune. (laughs) It it was 6 o'clock in the evening. What do you mean I'm going to have a good day today? (laughs) 
And on that note, before we head on out to uh, the Super Bowl, you know what? That, that what, we're not dealing with a. We're not dealing with. I don't think this situation is a fortune cookie, Gerald. I think it's a Chinese finger trap. I just think you don't make moves that will bite you in the ass long term, just to have some short term gains. And I think that's what not just Isabel, but a lot of Lakers fans are looking for. They just want to make trades for trades. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize NBA 2K. Yeah, they don't have a full grasp or picture on what the other league, uh, you know, what the rest of the league thinks of these assets, thinks of what the Lakers have and what realistically you can trade them for and how well the Lakers will play once you trade these individuals and the cost that it takes once you make these trades, what it does to your overall future going forward. You're selling your soul to go ahead and just be a little bit more prosperous, which may or may not be the best thing for this organization. I personally think that at this point in time, the Lakers will probably shy away from any major moves and just that that allure of getting out of the repeater tax is just going to be too enticing for them. Well, the old joke, Gerald, was that when uh, when they traded Chris Mim to get under the uh, the tax, the, that uh, Doctor Bus had an extra three million in his pocket for Vegas. Uh, there you go. But the thing of the joke is now it's going to be an extra fourteen million for the Bucks. Six kids. Yes. yes. That's for an extra one point seven five million dollars, Gerald. That's a lot of money. Again, if they if they fall under the tax, that's what expected from the teams that are above. The tax line will pay out to the teams below the tax line should that happen. So, again, that's the allure. People have to realistically understand that's an allure for this organization that that may happen, that they just cannot or may not or will not freely spend money at the trade deadline the way you want them to. And I'm just trying to get everybody prepared or realistic for that and say, well, we're not like the other shows. Thank God we're not like the other shows. Because if they're trying to feed you all this, you know, rumor this, rumor that, it's just not realistic to where the Lakers, who have a organization that they feel they need to run in a certain way, may go. I mean, they may go all balls out. And you may all be happy with what they get. But as Joe says, there's just not that one or two players right now that's realistically going to take the Lakers into the stratosphere from a 500 team to a NBA finalist at this point in time, Joe. The clickbait shows are very popular though. Well, if you want to change our platform to it, we can all just sit here and lie to everybody's faces out there. Yeah, sure. I mean, we could lie. I mean, that's, that's what you want. And that's what our crowd wants. Then send an application to ESPN. Maybe I can do that. There you go. Which is which well, is sad too, because I would have loved to have worked for ESPN in the nineties when it was at its peak. But uh, we back to what I was saying about watch. Don't listen to what people say. Watch what they do, uh, because if you pay attention to what people say, you'll find quickly find out if you know what you are talking about too. By the way, if you don't know, then you know you're you're gonna get suckered into that BS. See, that's the that's the scary part. You have to fact check, folks, if you really want to get down to the, to the to the basis of everything. If you're going to listen to people who don't actually watch the game, which 90% of the people that I that I see on TV 
sound like they are, then you're you're gonna you're gonna get steered the wrong way. You're gonna get steered the wrong way, and they have no idea how. And I'm not a uh, I'm not a salary cap guru. Unfortunately, that 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 book is too long. <laughs> what is it like? Seven hundred pages. Yes. Uh, it would and it would take man. a long time. There, I'm I'm hoping down in the future when I have more time to actually sit down and try to see if I can really get things down a little bit better with the salary cap. Uh, but I'm pretty familiar with it. I know the difference between getting hard capped and not first apron, second apron. I know the basics. Most people don't. Most people don't care. And at the same mm-hmm. time, there are always workarounds. You know, sometimes that does happen. There are workarounds. And, and that we don't know about. Uh, one in particular, when you were, you know, watching the Dodgers pick up Otani, all of a sudden he deferred money. He deferred money 10 years later, but still under the cap, it's still going to come down to 46 million versus 70 million. There's a process there. So with the Lakers, the Lakers are, it's not necessarily a money issue with the Lakers. It's more of the fact that the, 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 Trade deadline crop is crap. There's very few impactful players. The kind of players that not only would help the Lakers play. Remember this, folks. It's like walking into a food bank and seeing empty That player has to help and work around the fact that we have the worst NBA coach calling the shots. That's a lot to ask for from from a player. So on that note, it is the Lakers fast oh, break. Oh, we're dreadful here, right? We're uh, again realism, realism and pessimism uh, often are misconstrued and often are put together and mixed together and uh, and inaccurately. Uh, and I'll I leave it say at that. It's, it's not pessimism. This is no, it's it's realistic. We're 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 we're, we're doing play by play now. It's not. Yes. Yeah. If you choose to call it that, then you're you're not you're not understanding the word. No one wants the Lakers to win more than us. No one. Agreed. But the we wouldn't be here 365 working, days a year. Parts aren't there. Yeah. And there's not a, a fresh set of tools out there that we can get without sacrificing the tools that we have now that we know that have a little bit of you know English on it that would work. Also, it's just, it's a it's it's too much too much. There's too much stuff going on here. It's going to be difficult to get what we want in this particular situation. But before we head on out, guys, uh, Magic Man, a couple uh, championship games were played earlier today in the NFL. Uh, Good games. Uh, You know, a great comeback by the San Francisco 49ers. It's funny because when they finally realized they're a football team and turned it on, uh, very impressive. Brock Purdy, again, I think he's still one of the best stories in the NFL. Guy, Mr. Irrelevant, uh, does not look good for quite a bit of the game. Suddenly finds it and puts it together enough to get the uh, San Francisco 49ers into the Super Bowl. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, as Joe called it, uh, he said, don't bet against Mahomes. He has to see it to believe it. And sure enough, they're there now. So. Yeah, good games so far and good games that happened uh, this weekend. We have a Super Bowl now coming up in a couple weeks here in Vegas, my my neck of the woods with uh, KC and also San Francisco. So your thoughts on that, my friend, on a good day for football fans out there. Yeah, it was a good day for football fans. Um, Not a good day for Baltimore Ravens fans. Um, 
that off that offense is dreadful. The deeper, the deeper it seems they go in a in a playoff. Kansas City did what Kansas City does. I'm not gonna wax poetic about the Queefs. Good for them. Made the Super Bowl once again. the The road to the Super Bowl is long and pointless. Um, 49ers played very well in that second half. Got a big victory, so it's a rematch. 49ers Chiefs. That should be a good game. I don't think people were really. I don't think NFL executives were were uh, cheering their pom poms for a potential Lions uh, Chiefs Super Bowl. Um, I obviously I think this is the game they they kind of wanted to rematch either the Ravens and the Niners or the Chiefs and the Niners. So should be a good Super Bowl drill. Should be entertaining. Other than the halftime show, which Again, features another washed-up, over-the-hill artist that the NFL has to cover for because they couldn't keep somebody's nipples in check a few years ago and have been <laughs> scraping the bottom of the has-been barrel. Tyrone's say, hey, that's my favorite. Yeah, so, sure it is. All I'll say is, I miss halftime heat. By the WWE. That's all I say. I, I miss halftime heat. That was uh, truly a something. That's the last time I really enjoyed a halftime show. But that's just me. But Joe, uh, any last thoughts on the the football games? Again, uh, you know, both very good football games. Uh, enjoyed them both. Uh, again, congrats to KC and San Francisco. They're heading to Vegas for the Super Bowl. Well, it's reported that the NFL doesn't pay the performer to to perform at halftime. And I, when I found that out, I, I couldn't help but chuckle. This was a few years ago because the NFL is that arrogant and we allow them to be that arrogant. So who do they have? Usher? Is it Usher? Halftime? I believe it is. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Usher does have talent, though. He can dance. He can sing. His music does have a, you know, it, it, it's But Usher bad. is currently not a chart and I don't really, good, I don't really right. care about that. The guy does have good music, but the point is, they're not going to no, go. He doesn't. Hit. Oh no my one, god! Let me finish. Jesus Christ! Let me finish. You, when you understand why these things happen, is why we complain about the NFL. The NFL are an arrogant a-hole league that we enable to do things like this. They don't pay their performers. And whatever money they get in from any kind of charity, they take almost 90% of it or more from that. They're a, they're a, they're a racket, okay? On top of that, I'm, this is going to be a segue from what I was just talking about with the, with the, with the NBA. This, this constant ass-licking of Lamar and Baltimore this last few years, like it's nauseating because you insult the intelligence of anyone who watches these games. Lamar has been playing the same amount of years as Patrick Mahomes, okay? 2018, Patrick Mahomes started playing, okay? Patrick Mahomes has 14, 14 wins. Lamar has two. Yet, Lamar is going to win a second MVP, just like Patrick Mahomes. This is, this is what happens when you put morons in the media 
that 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 are into their feelings instead of what's actually going on. I picked Patrick Mahomes to beat Baltimore more because I knew that the Ravens were inefficient. Because if there was going to be a time to beat Patrick Mahomes, it would have been this year, right? Because Patrick Mahomes played it safe today. He didn't take any chances today. And he still won. Now, it's not all Lamar Jackson's fault. His boy Flowers decided to become T.O. out of nowhere, thinking he's somebody. Cost his team a 15, 15 yards right at the goal line. And then when he did make up for it, he ended up coming up short by one yard. And that was pretty much the, 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 the death tap. Okay. The, the current Super Bowl matchup is a rematch from Super Bowl 54. Uh, the Niners are a little bit better than they were then because I, I'm pretty sure everybody will agree that agree that Brock Purdy is better than uh, Garoppolo. But in the end, sorry San Francisco fans, until that son of a gun, Patrick Mahomes gets beat, I'm always going to pick him. And you were trying to turn him into the villain. You were trying to turn Patrick Mahomes into a villain because he made a mistake. He made one mistake where he went off on the refs when the refs were actually correct for once. The irony in that is hilarious, by the way. You turned on him, and everybody was kissing Lamar Jackson's butt. Well, suck on this. Suck on it now. What are you going to say when Patrick Mahomes wins his third Super Bowl in seven years? Now what? You're going to blame Taylor Swift? You're going to blame Travis Kelsey? Oh, and you can't say Lamar Jackson doesn't have a good setup in Baltimore. John Harbaugh is a very good quarterback. The Baltimore Ravens have a very good, very good ownership, very good front office. They draft well. They had a great defense. Now what? What are you going to tell us next? What? Nothing. You can't say anything. Stop listening to the bozos on ESPN and the NFL Network. All they hire are dumbasses. Watch the game and learn and make your own assessment. Stop getting into your feelings and focus on the game. Stop worrying about social media stuff. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback I've ever seen. Ever. Right now. Now, whether he has the most accomplishments in the end, we're going to have to find that out. We're going to have to find that one out. And by the way, to show that football has become a game of just inches even more. If Josh Reynolds catches that fourth down pass, I, I am sure that the Lions are going to the Super Bowl right now. That one mistake opened up the floodgates and the Niners just went. That's how close it can get sometimes. Sorry for blowing up, guys. I, I really wanted to say what I wanted to say. Oh, all good by me. I was just going to say, music is your taste. To your taste is music. Whether, By the know, way, I, I don't listen to Usher. I'm, I'm trying to say that his music isn't like country music or some kind of, uh, you know, like a little Kim type garbage, you know, whatever stuff that's out there. He's a pop guy. Pop is a safe bet. Pop makes you feel good. You can dance to it. That's it. I don't listen to Usher. I don't have him in my playlist or anything like that, but... Go go with something where it's just you can at least enjoy the music and 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 well I don't really listen I don't watch the halftime shows anyways I usually leave but 
you know, it's it's at least somewhat universal. Usher, Usher is actually R and B, Joe. He's not uh, pop. He's pop to me. It's not pop. R and B is rhythm and He's blues. R and B is rhythm and blues. He's pop. It's not pop. He's pop. Uh, again, that's why I miss halftime heat. Yeah, I'd love to see another match during the. Brian I, McKnight I, is. I R&B. just go. I go make food during that. Time. R Kelly is R and B, and Usher wasn't even in his R&B, class. Yeah. R Kelly's R and B. Yes. Actually, my first uh, concert was Metallica. Alan, good good call. But again, when I when, when saying that I'm a Metallica guy, I, again, I don't I don't have like a favorite band, or I don't have this like music that I go to all, all the time. I I like almost all music to some degree, except country. Country music makes me want to jump out of a building. <laughs> and on that note, it is the Lakers fast break. It is uh, Banger McStevens, a.k.a. Joe Soro, along with the Magic Man, Sean Grice. Truly want to thank you so much for listening. We've been a little bit, uh, I guess, uh, animated today with our, our commentary, uh, but we will be back tomorrow. Uh, again, nobody cuts it like here at the Lakers fast break. I mean, you guys are here. I truly appreciate you taking the time for watching us, whether or not you agree or disagree with us. It is immensely and greatly appreciated that you do join us here at the Lakers fast break, but magic man, uh, before we get back to Joe, any last thoughts before we head on out, it is the middle of the Grammy trip, A back to back starts tomorrow in Houston. It's going to be an earlier slot time, easier for you. Uh, not so easy for us, but we'll manage to make our way through. Uh, it is Houston. So we'll see what happens there. And then Atlanta right after this is a very important week for the season for the Los Angeles Lakers. Magic man. I mean, un- unless, unless I'm getting laid, I'm, I'm here, whether the game starts at 10, 10, 30, seven o'clock Eastern time, eight o'clock Eastern time. Uh, I make time for this show. Um, you know, but I Gerald, appreciate that, man. I appreciate Gerald, that. Gerald and Joe are married. Uh, they're businessmen. They have responsibilities outside of that. I am very fortunate that I've been able to schedule my life around two very important things. <laughs> and Gerald. Yeah, I knew Alan. I knew somebody was going to say that. So the next time you're not here for any reason, Sean, you know that's the first thing that they're going to say. Of course, and they're they're going to be 100 percent correct. Oh my god, <laughs> Joe. Any last thoughts before we head on out? Oh my god. Oh. Uh, <laughs> last thoughts. Last thoughts. I think I'm done. Uh, uh, Tyrone, all I'll say is that nobody outside LeBron and AD, and then of course Vanderbilt, because he can't be traded, uh, is untouchable right now. You should feel offers on any one of those Lakers uh, if it means something to improve your team and get them to a much better place. If it's just something around the margins, around the fringes, why? Uh, you know, especially if it's going to cost you money. If it's going to make your payroll more and just missed marginally improve your team it's not worth it it's it's just not worth it so we'll see what happens from there but the lakers may just do a trade just to make a trade and we'll find out that's the I'm, I'm more of an al green guy uh alan mm-hmm. but yeah marvin gay works i'm but i'm more of an al green guy okay fair enough indeed 
Once again, it is the Lakers fast break tomorrow. It starts off with the pregame, and then we go right into the Lakers and Houston. Uh, will they find more success than they have in the past, in recent past in Houston? Do you remember the all-time epic rant for Joe at last year's, last season's Houston's game, and then uh, this season as well? Will they? Will both LeBron and AD be at Monday's game? That's something obviously of great concern for us. So. We'll report it. Go ahead and check out Twitter for us at Lakers Fast Break. I'll retweet it out there. But it is Lakers Fast Break tomorrow night. And of course, pregame. During the game, you'll get to hear our commentary on playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. No, we cannot, as was always commonly said on Facebook, we cannot show you the games. It would get closed down by Facebook and YouTube immediately. I, Every time I go ahead, I put that play back up there. Face somebody on Facebook says, show us the game. Show us the game. Well, unfortunately, we cannot show you the game. You know why. So stop asking. Just come to the come to playback, guys. You can watch the game through there. It's just there's no difference. Just exactly. it's a different outlet that that or I should say it's a well they get they they can't get the feed that we get. You have to have direct TV or some kind yeah. of cable or yeah. whatever, right? I mean, yeah. most of these guys, most people have apps, don't they? Yeah, and it's but yeah, people from around the world though they you know they see us like on Facebook or whatnot. You can have Hulu. Think. You can have uh, I believe Apple. Am I am I right on that? Um, I believe I know Hulu. Did. Yeah, so depends where you go, but yes, it is the Lakers fast break. Our commentary, Alan, in our chat now is a great part of what we do on playback, and then obviously the best post game that's out there. Is there a nightcap tomorrow night as well, Joe? More than likely, yes. More than likely, yes. So there you go. It is, of course, also as well, Lakers nightcap at 11 p.m., tentatively scheduled. Which This time we need to make sure we don't keep Sean up until 4 in the morning. <laughs> I really don't give a rat's ass. Uh, you, you were tired, though, my friend. <laughs> I was Come to... on, man. You, you, we went you two started... hours last night, man. I was like, shoot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> four in the morning man it's late uh wait but if you're happy i'm happy and there you go once I again got, i got up at 9 30 and felt like a million dollars so excellent you're the man zango science says take care guys let's see how ham fumbles things let's again. not hope please i mean Zanger even Sci- even ma udoka shouldn't be able to uh pull out uh almost said that Shouldn't be able to squeak out a win against the Lakers. But if LeBron or AD, like, here's the thing. It's a Houston game, right? So usually a Houston game usually involves one or the two of them missing. Mm-hmm. There's some, just something about the Houston Rockets where LeBron or AD just decide to take Always. the night off. Yep. Zangerstein, you see their take care guys and see how Ham fumbles things again. Isabel. That's pessimistic right there. And you get on us and say we're pessimistic. I don't see what she said. What did she say? Take care, guys. Let's see how Ham fumbles things again. I, I would say oh, oh, oh. Z's, Z's more more using empirical evidence to make her uh, sound opinion rather than pessimism. It, to me, it's more okay. empirical evidence. Okay, fair enough indeed. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. Let's see if Ham fumbles things again tomorrow as the Lakers go into Houston first game of a back-to-back busy week for the Lakers can they handle it I think four games on tap this week 
what are you expecting? Two and two, three and one, Sean? Four and yeah, nine? I think three and one. Sh- it, I think three and one should be realistic, Gerald. Okay. Joe, two and two, three and one, four and oh in the next week? No, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Okay. I have no idea. I have a feeling that if they're if they're they are gonna play patty cake here between the next two games, I'm gonna guess they're gonna sit AD tomorrow, play LeBron. LeBron sits Atlanta, and AD comes back and and uh, for the Atlanta game. I would say that's very sound reasoning right there. And, then, and that's playing with fire with both, just so you know, because because again, if head coach can't ad- adapt a system that can at least weather some things every now and then. He's dependent on those guys being there. I want to see Psycho Quinn this week. I want to see Darvin Ham outcoach Quinn Snyder that Quinn Snyder turns psycho. I want to see Psycho Quinn this week. Don't think we will, though. I think we'll see Calm come as a cucumber. Quinn. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. We'll find out. That'll be on Tuesday as the Lakers are in Atlanta. But from now, Monday, they will be in Houston. Go ahead and check out our full wall-to-wall coverage tomorrow. Coming up right at you here. Thanks again for watching and listening. Truly appreciate it. So for Joe Sorrell, a.k.a. Ox1947, a.k.a. Banger McStevens, and Magic Man Sean Grice, it's me, Joe Glassford. Thanks again for watching and listening. We'll be back tomorrow for more great fun and whatever it is we do right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.